We knew it was going to happen at some point today. It's happened right now. OK, Chelsea Football Club have today parted company with head coach Frank Lampard. This has been a very difficult decision and not one that the owner and the board have taken lightly. On this episode of PL and PJs, Lampard let go. And lackluster Liverpool. Welcome back to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. Well, the dress code's jammies, and we know that, but the three welcomes, where did that come from? Uh, it's the beginning of uh, Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. Oh, okay. He goes, welcome, welcome, welcome. And Are like, you trying to channel a Dak Shepard thing? Is that no, what you're going I, for? I, I just, I appreciate his podcast, and okay. I, it just came to my mind. Do you think he appreciates ours? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's never heard of ours. You're kidding. <laughs> I thought we had blown. We're international. <laughs> we are international. We like to plug that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I would be quite surprised if he had heard of right. our podcast. But I would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that he could have heard of our podcast. Yeah. You know? So if he is listening, Dax, we're also a fan of yours. And don't sue us for like some kind of copyright on for the, the welcome, 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 welcome. welcome yeah. That's It's completely unrelated. Sure. But sure. Jay, Premier League podcast. Yes. We have our dress code on, now with scarves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've been wearing scarves the entire time, of course. Always. Uh, but what I kind of like is that our jammies have evolved with that. This is episode 20. Oh we my now goodness. add a new piece of jammy wear. Sure. Maybe maybe those nightcaps finally do come in, you know, episode 30, Ooh, episode 25. That'd be fun. Right? I mean, maybe, maybe every 10 episodes we just add something new. Because right. we got our shirts for 10. Mm-hmm. We now have... Scarves for 20. Nightcaps. Nightcaps. Ooh. Could be a thing. I mean, I know you like your caps, but you could put a nightcap on your bets rather than... Sure. Personalized. Know. Well, maybe. We already have personalized shirts, so... I wonder if there any, anywhere actually sells nightcaps, like, online. Like, like personalized ones. I mean, somebody has to, right? right. If not... Ooh, Etsy. Well, if they don't, Jake, I think we just found a million-dollar business My idea. Gosh. Yeah. Maybe like maybe not a million, but maybe a few dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be worth. But anyway, Jake. I'm, anyway, I but we got off on a tangent to sure, start. Sure, sure. Let's get right into it. Well, let's do one more tangent. Oh, what are we drinking tonight, Brent? Oh, that's right. New whiskey. Wise. Yeah, new whiskey. State thirty-eight, Irish peat smoked whiskey. It's amazing. It is incredible. Mm-hmm. I am a big smoked whiskey fan. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, Jake. We don't we don't plug a lot in this, but this no. has been my favorite whiskey so far. I sure. could drink this all the time. Um, maybe maybe our next step for the next ten episodes is to become more whiskey educated. Okay. So we can give more you know tips and advice. pure diagnoses oh, okay. on yeah, yeah, yeah. what we taste in it. You know, why not? Maybe we do a whiskey tasting. It could be a cute date Ooh, for us. You know. I like that. Yeah. Maybe Alex can come. Oh, we get the South China. Restaurant that yeah. you just got the pamphlet yeah, yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Garden. Oh. South China Garden. South China yeah. Garden. That you got the menu in the, the door. Yeah. yeah. That would be cool, but yeah. anyway. Anyway, with more that tangents. Out of the way, Sorry yes. about that. 
We love our tangents almost as much as we love Premier League match weeks. Ooh. And there was one, Jake, once again, as, as there often is. Um, <laughs> but very few matches to go over today, which is why I felt more comfortable kind of going off on yeah, some tangents sure. at the start. So we only have, what is it, six matches to cover? Tuesday, January 19th, West Ham beat West Brom 2-1. to one. I mean, that's fun, you know, that, that's something. <laughs> After that, Leicester beat Chelsea 2-0 in what would be Frank Lampard's last game yep. as manager of Chelsea, at least in terms of the Premier League, which now means that I believe it's four of the last five Chelsea managers have been let go after playing Le- Leicester. That's an interesting Isn't it? pattern. Everybody was talking about it during the game, like the commentators. They were, because Jose's last game right. was against Leicester. And so they were mentioning it, and now yet another... Chelsea manager has been let go after playing Leicester, mm-hmm. so just kind of a funny stat for you. But anyway, yes, 2-0 Leicester. After that, on Wednesday, January 20th, Man City beat Aston Villa 2-0 with thanks to VAR as yep. well. An iffy offsides call, which happens, but also very debatable. Very this much one. so, yes. Yeah. Well, Jake, I know that we try to be unbiased. Right. What was your opinion on it? Well, the defender was coming back. From an offside position, I believe it was defender who was up for a corner or something, wasn't it? Like stones or something. Yeah. Um, and the ball was played to Mings, and he basically came from behind him, and Mings had a pretty bad touch, and he took it off of him, and it led to one pass and then a goal. And I, I think it was very much offside. Um, yeah. He the. The first thing he did after coming back from outside position was get the ball, and it wasn't like a full pass to play. It happened. It was just right. Like, yeah. It was. They defined it as reestablishing control. They've now backtracked and said they got the call wrong. Sure. The FA has. However, I understand at the time, and I said this to you during the game was, if the touch had been a controlled touch sure. from Tyrone Mings, takes out the question of it. He established himself. It's like because he miscontrolled it. That's what allowed there to be question marks over the call because play wasn't established. Mm-hmm. But look, at the end of the day, they said they made a mistake, but the result happened in the game. Maybe Villa feel a little harshly done by that. But all in all, City win 2-0. After that, Manchester United beat Fulham 2-1 to with a screamer of a Paul Pogba goal to pick up the points after an Adamola Lookman first goal in the third minute. And then on Thursday, January 21st, Burnley beat... Liverpool. At Liverpool. At Anfield, yeah. First time they've lost there since, what was it, 2016? Yeah, it's crazy. Unreal. Uh, Ashley Barnes' penalty in the 83rd minute, some resolute defending and some, well, lackluster Liverpool attack, (laughs) led to their first home loss in three or four years, I believe. So that is just absolutely crazy. And then in our last game of the week, Aston Villa beat Newcastle 2-0, maybe kind of Getting a little bit of justice back for losing to Man City. I realize it still counts. They're going to feel harshly done sure. by the call. But at least they were still able to pick up three points this week. Yeah, and good to see uh, Villa making up those games and getting close to being on par with everyone else in the league with matches played. Uh, but yeah, uh, bummer for them about that one call, but really showed their prowess in the, the Newcastle game. And, and I remember last week when we were I thought that having some time off would hurt the team. They've looked sharp as ever, still, even after, which, oh, yeah. which just surprised me. I'm, 
only saying that from hearing players' reports about how COVID affected the players for so long, getting right. back to full stamina, getting back to full fitness, how they felt on the field, that Villa just seemed to be rolling again. That they, they seemed like they haven't even taken a break. Absolutely. Which you love to see. And Jake, what we hate to see, fantasy. Uh, Under average, no. 64 points for us. 74 was the average. Our captain, Harry Kane, got 18 points. Oh, that's nice. Grealish had eight points over two games. That's sad. But in general, the entire team was disappointing. Okay. Some players with two games, some players without. Um, namely, the one that is very frustrating, Bruno Fernandez only picking up eight points in two games. Oof. Was a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Fabianski didn't play one of the games. Yeah. So that didn't help us either. But, you know... Hey, we have a new week ahead of us, right? We'll be fine. We always do. We do. And um, I know I use this transition a lot, Jake, but, well, we didn't perform particularly well, and I hate that that's becoming more of a common occurrence. There was a group of players that did. A with select a new, group. With a new sponsor. Would you mind of course. telling us about it? Uh, the Team of the Week is sponsored by Coor Seltzer. Uh, we are f- recording in Colorado. Uh, really? So we like to, you know... Plug. Oh, taking a little sip there. We like to plug the the seltzers in our area. Cause well, and whiskeys. And, and whiskeys and just yeah. all kind of local stuff. Yeah. Maybe we switch to beer at some point as well. Plug some local beers. Oh, that, that's a thought. Yeah, but anyway, please yeah, continue. Yeah. So, uh, Coors Seltzer, not only is it a great taste, it's a great cause. Uh, every time you buy every time you buy a 12-pack, yeah. Can you get that to be their new slogan, by I, the way? I can reach out to them <laughs> yeah, and say, hey, i got a slogan for you. Okay, perfect. Uh, but it restores rivers every time you buy uh, a 12-pack. And I think that's great. Giving back, we're also giving the consumer a great taste. Well, Jake, you are not only a wonderful marketing spokesperson, but a charitable man. And that's really what the core seltzer is all about. And we've said it before, mm-hmm. if, you, if you aren't a seltzer drinker, sure. you can still donate to the Change the Course project that they have partnered with to restore rivers and uh we're both drinking some mango tonight we are and it's delicious 90 Um, calories too less than your average seltzer less than the average bear yeah well you don't know how many calories a bear has (laughs) you know that seems outrageous but yeah brent uh glad that we can uh use them as a sponsor for this uh fantastic group of people each week yeah and there was a limited selection of people this week with such few games but I feel like we still put together a good team. Jake, would you mind taking so. the goalkeeper in defense? I would not mind. Okay, thank, thank you. For I was worried that, that was you great. were going to be pissed about it. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Uh, Nick Pope. Yeah. In goal. Mm-hmm. Is there any particular reason that we uh, we picked him, Brent? Is it because of his hair? Is it because he has a cool last name? Possibly. Is it because he kept a clean sheet and had six saves in a pivotal game? That sounds more like it, and also I want. There's something about him having seventeen possessions gained as well. What does that mean? That was a stat. I don't know what that means for goalkeepers, but that was one of the stats. For oh, the game. maybe it's, means like it's for those ones when he gets in, right, it's not gather, saved. Yeah. You know, so it's like a, a missed pass. Or but something. still, man was involved. Oh, yeah. and kept it clean for sure. Um, that historic win uh, for them, and on the same lines, we go to our defenders. Ooh. And I'm going to go a little out of order for my sheet to plug Ben Mee and Tarkovsky, both from Burnley, um, shutting down Liverpool at Anfield, a huge accomplishment. 
Uh, ben Mee, two tackles, 14 clearances. That's a big number. Tarkowski had five interceptions and won six aerials in that game. Yeah. So lockdown defending, which you need to be against that Liverpool offense, which I know has been a little lackluster oh. recently. Uh, but in general, very potent. Um, moving on in our defense, we have Johnny Evans from Leicester, who had two tackles, five interceptions, and a clean sheet. And uh, really controlled that defense and looked great out there. And Chelsea did not look potent. No. You know, I mean, not only did he play really well, but Chelsea was very marginalized in that game. Sure. By Leicester. Absolutely. Um, And to celebrate, I hope you had some potent potables. Oh. Um, Okay. Moving on. Yeah. Wow. Celebrity Jeopardy. No, I know it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Last but not least in our defense, we have Giacomo from Manchester City who had three shots from the outside back position um, with two key passes and two interceptions. So uh, a great offensive and also well-rounded in general performance from Cancelo Mm -hmm. and uh, rightfully deserve a spot on this team of the week. I agree. And moving right along, Jake, to the midfield, Paul Pogba from Manchester United not only had the game-winning goal against Fulham, had four tackles and three interceptions, both of which led Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Mildly surprising. After that, Wilfred Ndidi from Leicester, one goal, 93% pass accuracy. From a center defensive midfielder, you cannot ask for a lot more than that. After that, Mark Albrighton from Leicester, three key passes and one assist versus Chelsea. And after that, Ilkay Gundogan from Manchester City, 95% pass accuracy, six shots, two key passes, one goal. That wow. is a... I mean, the goal was a penalty in the 93rd right. minute, I believe, but still very well-rounded performance. And as a midfielder, getting six shots and six quality shots, you almost deserve a goal. I mean, those are Kevin De Bruyne kind of numbers, and they need a player like that to step up while he's out. Right. Uh, and then finally, Jake, up top, we just have two. We're in okay. a standard 4-4-2 formation this week. Barnes from Burnley. Ashley Barnes, I believe, is his name. Uh, one goal... Crucial game-winning goal against Liverpool. Seven aerials won and one key pass. And after that, the player that I predicted to be the best in the Premier League this year, Ollie Watkins, Aston Villa, one goal, one key pass. You're so right about him. But he played great. He should have had a second goal. Um, but but looked really good. Not in their first game against City, but in their later game against Newcastle. Sure, sure, sure. So he had two opportunities right. to make this. And he made the most of his yeah, second one. Did. Yeah, Cool, Brent. Uh, yeah, it is cool. Yeah, I bet you think it's cool. Okay. You know, right. Jake, speaking of cool, it's snowing outside. It is snowing outside. And I love that. I love a nice, you know, white Christmas, post-Christmas. Yeah, I got right? to uh, walk from my car to your apartment you in my pajamas in the snow. And, Jake, you know who might also be taking a cold, lonely stroll in the snow as Frank we speak? Lampard. That's the one. I'm glad I caught on to what you're... Yeah, yeah, I I was building, I was making a story, you know, if you keep interrupting, you ruin some momentum, yeah. Um, Frank Lampard was let go by Chelsea. We debated between having Tuchel time and Lampard let go as our Mm -hmm. headline this week. However, we're not confident on how to pronounce Tuchel, whether it's Tuchel, 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 people say it differently... Mm-hmm. I, I say Tuchel. I don't know about I, it. I don't know what to say. Okay. And it was my turn to read it. So that's why we went with right. Lampard let go. Right. I think if you would have just been confident about how Reese said no. it, it would have been fine. But 
we'll avoid his name and we'll focus on Frank Lampard, who was let go by Chelsea. And it's just easy to say what went wrong. They were top of the table just a few weeks ago. Um, I believe ESPN FC put out a statistic today that Frank Lampard, after his first 19 games, had more points than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, like last season, mm-hmm. first 19 games. Yeah. And United gave Ole time. They're now top of the league. It's easy to make that comparison right now with United doing well. But the point being, should Frank Lampard have been given more time? And if not, what went wrong for him? Um, I am always leaning towards giving the manager the benefit of the doubt. Sure. And giving him more time to, you know, see a more, a wider array of results and maybe averaging out from there and kind of taking a small sample size over three or four weeks and then firing a manager over it. Sure. I think it's tough because you look at what he's done in, in the past, I mean, they're in the Champions League, um... They did really well at the beginning of the season, and you know he's had obviously a tough couple of weeks, and that's why he uh, got the boot. But uh, I I think it's harsh, and I'm not for it um, at all. Uh, I like to see managers stick around and kind of work through those tough times. I know that's contrary to how the Premier League kind of works with those big six and other clubs. Uh, but no, I I think I think they should have given him a little more time as to what went wrong. It's just they spent a lot of money in the summer and not a lot to show for it is what happened. It's the amount of money that they spent, I think, it ended up being his downfall because when you consider the job that he did when he first came in with a transfer ban and promoting a lot of youth players, mm-hmm. he had that team firing on all cylinders by the end of the season. And they rolled with that momentum into this new season. If anything, my worry was just that and it's easy for me to make this correlation because I'm a Manchester United fan, but Manchester United players always seem to step up and get a result after Ole's had a tough period. Sure. And what worried me was it almost looked like the Leicester play, or I'm sorry, the Chelsea players weren't rallying around Frank Lampard. Um, you'd think that the, in fighting for his job, you know, it might give the players a little extra motivation. Regardless of his tactics, I saw Skype Sports put out a report saying that you know, Havertz and Werner haven't responded well to Frank Lampard because they're used to more tactically based systems that uh, tell them specifically where to go rather than being in such a free roaming, free range system. And, right. you know, that's a managerial style. But if anything, then yes, they spent the money. But if those are the kind of players that you're bringing in, is that not also on the board and the ownership for bringing those players in who didn't necessarily fit Lampard's system, but were big names and that's why they picked them up? Yeah, so so that's that's one of the bigger issues for me was how much of it is Lampard's tactics versus him getting these players and and I'm sure he wanted them on paper they're great right. players but then being forced to use them because they're such big names and if they don't perform because they don't respond well to his system how much of that is on him that Chelsea didn't recruit the right players if that makes sense no, that, that, that that's my uh, at least two cents on the issue that. I think he was let down not only by his players not really rallying behind him to play for him to keep him around, but also that they didn't get the right personnel for his play style. I mean, you see players like Olivier Giroud doing really well in his system for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. 
Olivier Giroud's great. Tammy Abraham, very similar player to Olivier Giroud, a little bit more mobile, but same play style, big, strong target man. To go from that to Timo Werner, who is more of a free-roaming striker, fills in the channels, very fast, very pacey. Right. And you've seen Olivier Giroud, while Werner's still been there, do very well. Why weren't they looking at another striker as a target man? I guess, it, you know, it, it's... It almost seemed as if Chelsea, because they had the transfer ban, went after some big names to recoup that. Yep. Splash the cash, you've built it up, you can buy these great players when maybe they weren't necessarily the players that made sense for Chelsea. Right, and I think you're definitely on to something. And like moving with that, do you think when you see Thomas Tuchel uh, come in, and do you think that the style changes enough to kind of fit Timo? And Kai Havertz. Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, Thomas Tuchel was coach of Borussia Dortmund when they had Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. He was then coach of PSG and had Neymar, Mbappe, uh, Cavani, but also Icardi. He has worked previously with more free-range, free-roaming forwards. Yep. And I feel like that lends itself well to Chelsea's attacking style. I worry about his defensive tactics in the Premier League. Um, you see Italian managers come over and do well because the Italian league is a very defensive-oriented league, very right. organized, that works well in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the Bundesliga and Ligon translate well to the Premier League in a defensive standpoint, but I think you could see players like Havertz, Werner, Ziyech, Pulisic be more unleashed, especially Pulisic because he already has a relationship with Thomas uh, Tuchel from when they Dortmund. were in Borussia Dortmund. Yep. Um, so I think this could be a positive for a lot of their forward players, and maybe they score a lot more under Tuchel. And if all else, maybe a boost from the manager. Although I will say, because Lampard is such a club legend, I am worried that maybe there's a little bit of an effect afterwards where it's not a typical firing. It's not just like Josie Mourinho went out, new coach in. Antonio Conte went out, new coach in. This is a club legend that got let go. It'll be interesting to see how the players respond to that. Yeah. But that aside, it just I, I could see their their forward line, their progression, and the freedom that their forwards will play with now being a lot better, a lot more pleasing to the eye. I don't know that they will be as tactically adept in defense. However, Tuchel also worked with Thiago Silva at PSG, so at least there's a relationship there between his star center back and the coach. Yeah, and... Uh... As much as I dislike them getting rid of a club legend as their coach after just a small rough patch right. of games, um, I do hope that uh, Tuchel comes in and he does well. And I think I think Chelsea have the I mean they have the parts there. Oh yeah. They just need to figure out how to make them all work together, and right. I hope he can uh, do that and see. Chelsea competitive the rest of the season. Yeah, and maybe that's just more the result of a more experienced manager coming in who knows how to manage those big personalities. Obviously, Lampard played with them. Yeah. But it's different to play with big personalities and coach them. And he was only a coach of Derby before going to Chelsea. Maybe that lack of experience with star players was his downfall as they picked some up. But, Jay, yeah. that brings us to the last. How do you see Chelsea responding? Where do you think they'll end up come end of the season? With this new management, well, last eight games they're three, one, and four. Right. The change managers. Let me see. Um, I think they're gonna have a tough time uh, living up to your expectations of winning the league. 
Thanks. Man, they looked like it at the start. <laughs> <of> the <laughs> no, you predicted at the beginning of the year. Um, I could see them challenge for a, a Champions League spot. I think it's going to be tough because there's so many teams up there at the moment that it's not like a normal year where it's just kind of a big drop-off. It's all very congested at the top. Mm-hmm. So all the European spots are to play for. Um, I, I think they end up in Europe. Um, so yeah. top six. Yeah. That That's the best I can say right now. It's tough. You don't really know how they're going to respond to this mm-hmm. change. But I, I see them finishing top six. No, that's I have the exact same thing written down as top six plus. You know, okay. somewhere just because of how tight things are. Also, their next five fixtures, Wolves at home, Burnley at home, Spurs away, Sheffield away, Newcastle home. So outside of that Spurs fixture, right. they have a run of games where they should be able to pick up some points, which almost disappoints me more because it's an opportunity where maybe Lampard could have picked up some points. Yeah, I'm kind uh, of sure. And now that. he doesn't get the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So it might be an unrealistic kind of run of form um, in Tuchel's first couple games. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll absolutely see how things go. And, um, you know, it's it's disappointing for Lampard, but it's the start of a new era at, at Chelsea, and we'll see mm-hmm. how they react. Um, Another team oh. that has been underperforming. Sure. If you were done with yeah, that thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whose co- who's, uh, coach is not in the hot seat is uh, Liverpool. That's correct. Lackluster, if you will. Lackluster Liverpool. Drawing and losing their last game. Yeah, it's, I was just going to run over their recent results as a loss to Burnley, draw against Manchester United at home, uh, loss to Southampton, a draw against Newcastle, and a draw against West Brom in their last five matches. That's poor form. They lost to Southampton? Yeah. That was one of my surprise picks, remember? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So they... Uh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, because the, co- the one the coach got on his knees was, like, crying at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's fun. Um, so, look, Liverpool in a very tough run of form. We know how boom-bust they can be, but now they've also lost to Manchester United in the FA Cup at the weekend. Um, they're struggling. And it's interesting to see. Obviously, Van Dyke being out is a huge tough. loss for the team. Maybe you're seeing more of a profound impact on that now, but I almost think it's more than Virgil van Dijk. Okay. I don't know because what this is reminding me of is Borussia Dortmund under Jurgen Klopp. Really? And they were great. And in the 2012-2013 season, they went to the Champions League final against Bayern Munich. They had lost. But the year after, and I realized that they won the Champions League two years ago, you know, won the Premier League Liverpool, last year. Yeah. But... Under Jurgen Klopp, Borussia Dortmund really started faltering after they made it to the Champions League final and almost won the league that same year over Bayern Munich. And it seems like a history repeating at some kind of situation where I don't know if it's his system overworking the players. I know that he heavily uses fullbacks in his systems, but Robertson is still producing a lot. I mean, yep. he's still doing great. Trent Alexander-Arnold has Not been a little so bit much. more reduced yeah. this year. Um so I don't know if it's a Jurgen Klopp issue where once he reaches those big stages, he's pushed his players all the way. I don't know if maybe it's that they need more reinforcement, more depth, fresh players to come in, maybe a recycling of new players, because they didn't really do that at Dortmund either. Granted, they lost Robert Lewandowski after that season, which right. is obviously a huge loss. Um, but it's interesting to see, like I said, history kind of repeat itself again, where 
they performed so well for a few years, Champions League finalists, and they ended up winning with Liverpool, obviously, Premier League, top of the Premier League, and now kind of going through this patchy run of form in, in the entire year, really. I mean, they've had 7-0 wins, yep. and they've lost to Burnley. I mean, it's it's really interesting to see, and I guess, like I said, I just don't know if it's a system issue, if maybe Klopp isn't good at adapting it. He's built this team for so long. He finally had the team that he wanted. They were producing so proficiently. Mm-hmm. And maybe now, outside of Van Dyke not being there, um, I mean, it's hard to explain why their strikers aren't scoring and producing and their midfield isn't controlling the way that they normally do with Van Dyke being gone. Yeah, and uh, you, you just mentioned it. I think it's their midfield um, for yeah. me. Um, and... You can say that they have all the injuries at center back position. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly why the midfield is faltering because you kind of drop people that are usually playing the midfield into that center back role yeah. and you lose that presence in the midfield. Sure. Um, I, I think Fabinho is a great player. I, I don't think he belongs at center back. Right. Although he did start his career there. Sure. I, I think he's really found his home in like a defensive yeah. mid position. Um, which he played there all last year, basically. Um, and one other thing is, for some reason, I know Tiago had some injury issues, mm-hmm. but he hasn't looked like his same self. I, they haven't won since he started the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he started, they sure, haven't won. Sure, right? and, and one other name I can throw out there is Ginny Wijnaldum, who I think has been very, very poor mm-hmm. in, in the past six to eight games that he's played. And I think the attackers can only do so much. I think Salah is coming back into form. We saw that in the mm-hmm. FA Cup. Um, and I think the absence of uh, Diego Iota is a terrible miss for Liverpool because I think Firmino isn't really his old self. But I think Mane is also coming back to form a little bit after struggling in the beginning. But they need that service. They can't do it all on their own. And I, I think it all starts with that midfield that's kind of being pulled apart because they need players to play center back. We saw Henderson and Fabinho play center back together once, uh, which is ridiculous that Liverpool had to resort to that. Um, but I, I think Thiago needs to step up and maybe they need to put someone in instead of Wijnaldum, maybe even like a Shakiri just to yeah. spice things up. And I will say, I wonder if the Wijnaldum, because I agree he has recently not been great. But I wonder if it's also a bit of a contract issue as well. Maybe distracted by his future. Sure. Um, with his contract expiring in the summer, maybe his his heart isn't in it anymore. Um, but yeah, it, it has been interesting to see. However, Jake, I will say, I still expect them to pick up their form sometime soon. I don't think this is going to continue. They have far too much quality. They are far too good of a team. Right. To stick in this run. I think it's just because their expectations are so high after how great they've been the past few seasons. Uh-huh. Um, maybe that's why it's so shocking, but at the end of the day, you know, no team has been great. Even Man City, who's on this great winning streak right now, was faltering at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just unprecedented times. Things have changed, injuries happen, and and it's just interesting to see how different teams react to it. Well, Brent, I hope they don't pick up their form as soon as you are saying, um, because. If you're listening to this podcast live, right as it comes out, uh, Liverpool are playing Tottenham. Um, Currently. 
very soon if you listen to yeah. it right away. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, so at 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, uh, Liverpool Tottenham. So I hope they don't pick up form during that game. Right. But uh, maybe after. Well, and I was, and I told you, I th- at least I think I said it to you, I might have said it to somebody else's, that FA Cup game against Manchester United for Liverpool was the perfect fixture. You know, it was where they could have kind of jump-started their season mm-hmm. again. Um, I think the fact that they lost that game, even with Salah scoring two goals, is concerning. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Even with Manchester United being in good form, that's concerning. Um, but, Jake, we are halfway through the season. We are. And Yeah, yeah, we're 19 match weeks through. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we both didn't expect Manchester United and Spurs to be in the positions that they're in. Granted, Spurs have a game in hand. They're only 18 matches played sure. total. But if they win that game, they're only four points... Uh, behind United, five points out of first, I believe. Uh, Sounds right. Yeah. So, I this is an impromptu kind of thing. Okay. But I didn't know if you wanted to like do like a wager on who would finish higher, Spurs United, now that we're at the halfway point and things are where they are. Sure, I, I would love to make a, a wager, and uh, I, I, I know the perfect bet. Oh, do you? Yes. It involves five shots of Kraken. Oh... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, since Spurs are lower at the moment, right? I'm going to wager four shots of Kraken to win five shots of Kraken. So wow! If Spurs end up above United, you take five shots of Kraken. Mm-hmm. If they end up below, I take four shots. Okay. And in a row. Yeah. I and, like that. And we'll video it, and we'll put it out on whatever social media. You've done it media. before. I have It was done. from That's uh, what Mario Kart. It. Yeah. Jake, I'm going to make a wager based on what I was recommended before that I didn't do. Sure. Which is that if United finish below Tottenham, okay. from where they are now, I will do double the amount of alcohol drank for a podcast recording. Oh my goodness. So that means two full shots, two seltzers, two glasses of whiskey. Right. For a recording of the podcast, that will just be terrible for the listener. Should I be concerned that both of our wagers went straight to alcohol consumption? Well, that's what this is about. Okay. You know, we're, we're sitting here. With I, I didn't want to wager money, is a thing. Yeah, you no, know? I'm fine with that. However, okay. if Tottenham, or if Manchester United finish above Tottenham, the thing is, I don't, I didn't feel comfortable making a bet that way, because they're already above sure. as much, but I will say, how about we do like a one and a half times, where you do like two shots. No, I'll do double. Oh, well then, okay, fine. Yeah. How about minus the two glasses of whiskey during the recording? Sure. Because that's a lot. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Because then you you wager the four versus five shots. Yeah. No, I didn't feel comfortable then doing it. And the it's, set, it's set in stone. Um, yeah, it's a binding blood contract. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Should we go grab, I didn't get my knife. I was going to say, should we grab a knife and cut our hands? Sure, and shake hands. Yeah. That's healthy in the day of COVID, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, can't wait to figure out who's going to be doing what. Um, Nervous. <laughs> you, you might be able to celebrate before the end of the season if there's a St. Tottenham's Day, uh, which is the Arsenal holiday, sure. where they mathematically finish above sure. Spurs, which hasn't happened in a while. But uh, you could have your own sort of celebration if uh, United keep this form and Spurs kind of trickle off. Well, it's just exciting, Jake, for us. We've never, since we've been watching soccer together, mm-hmm. been in this position. True. 
where both teams are kind of near the top of the table, could be first, you know, a few weeks down the line. Because even when Manchester United finished second when we were living together, I yeah. believe, sophomore year of college? 2016. Sophomore so year. I want to say sophomore year, yep. but Tottenham weren't so close to it that it... You know what I mean? Like, we've never been in a position like this where both of our teams that we support, we've got... We have the scars. scars on. Um, are, are in a position where maybe they could end up higher than the other... Because other years, it's just been pretty obvious what was going to happen. So I'm excited. Um, but Jake, pow. Pow. Do you say pow? Are you saying pow? Pow! <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um... Match week 20 and 21 are oh. on us. Is that so, Brent? Jake, let me check my math on that. One sec. Here, one sec. Let me grab a calculator. He's got the calculator and... 20 plus, plus 21. 21. It's 41. Okay. So if we go 41 minus 21 minus 20, yeah, that's this week. Okay, zero. perfect. Yeah. Zero. Um, Brent, the math points me to Saturday, January 30th. Right, because we're exciting. This is our last week where we have to be so far ahead doing multiple weeks, which I'm that is nice. really excited about. But yes, Saturday the thirtieth. First game. Whew. Seven thirty Eastern. Yeah. Everton Newcastle. Okay. Jake, I'm gonna go for an Everton victory in this one. Brent that Goodison. I'm also gonna go with the Everton okay. victory. I'm trying to play it more safe this week because like I have been so boom and bust and I am falling behind sure. again. Uh, maybe I have to make some more comfortable picks rather than going out on such a limb. Might be smart, Brent. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I will say, my player to watch is Dominic Calvert-Lewin, coming back from injury. Uh, played in the FA Cup, and now playing against a struggling yeah. uh, Newcastle. So, I think we see a goal from him. All right. Um, moving on, we have, at 10 a.m. Eastern, Crystal Palace versus Wolves. And Jake... Recent form tells me that I like really should be on the fence about this one. Okay. Um, Crystal Palace, two losses, two draws, and a win in their last five. The win being against Sheffield. Sure. Wolves, two losses, or I'm sorry, three losses and two draws in their last five. Uh huh. Um, and I'm gonna go on the fence with it. I'm gonna say a draw. Okay. I. This is a tough one. Yeah. Um, and usually when I see a tough fixture, I just go for a draw. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm going to go with a Wolves victory. That's Brent kind of thinking, Jake. Yeah. Boomer bust. To it. Boomer yeah. bust. But uh, also at the same time, Manchester City versus Sheffield United. <laughs> Surprise pick. No. No, not actually. No. Uh, Man City's going to win this game. I also have Man City winning this game. Thank God. That's the rational choice. And the third game at that time, West Brom versus Fulham. Maybe an underrated game this week. That has huge implications on the bottom of the table. Um, I mean, truly, 18th and 19th position. Both teams not really in great form. However, I'm actually going to go with a Fulham victory in this game. Okay. Yeah. I was going to do a Fulham victory. Okay. But I want to pull away from the pack. Wow. And I want to bury you in my dust. So I'm going to go with a draw. Really? really? I thought you were going to say a West Brom victory. Nope. Okay. I'm not that bold. No, that's what that's what I thought. I think you're saying no. you know, you're going to bury me, you go West nope, Brom. No, no, no. I will say 
that last fixture, um, the reverse fixture, I should say, had two uh, crackers of a goal um, by Fulham. That's true. So hopefully uh, we see some more of that. In that that would be fun. But from your aspect, you're hoping both teams score. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, moving on to, let me double check, game of the week. Had to make sure there wasn't anything bigger. Yeah. Um, at noon 30 Eastern, Arsenal versus Manchester United, and this is at the Emirates, Brent. So Manchester United has, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, has never beaten Arteta's Arsenal. Okay. I don't think they do it this time either. I think they draw this game. Hmm. I have an Arsenal victory Okay. to do the double over Manchester United this yeah. season. I think Arsenal are in great form. Um, they are. Both teams, four wins and a draw in their last five. Well, that's fun. Um, but uh, I, I think Manchester United already did it at Old Trafford, and I think they're going to defend uh, the Emirates and uh, pull a double. All right. And that's that, Brent. Jeez. Got off my case. To the last game on Saturday, Brent. Southampton, Aston Villa at 3 Eastern. And, Jake, I'm going to go for a draw in this one as well. Draw Mentum. Draw Mentum. No, I, I love that. Um, I'm actually going to go with a Villa win. Really? Yep, I love okay. Villa. I think they're hot. I can tell. I can tell. Hot, hot, hot. You know, maybe, you know, you could probably ask around, but maybe they think you're hot. Oh. Do you think they would want to hold hands sometime? I mean, I would. Oh. I mean, I'm not Aston Villa, but... Okay. Maybe. Maybe we can hold hands after this. We'll turn off the cameras. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but moving on to Sunday. Uh, first game's at 7 a.m. Eastern, the early game for us here. Uh, Chelsea versus Burnley, and that's at Stanford Bridge. I think Chelsea have a tough game. I pick, We picked our last one before Lampard was fired. I think Chelsea have a tough time against Wolves, but after more time learning under Tuchel and learning a system, they end up beating Burnley. Okay, Brent, I agree with that. Okay. Um, do you have a player to watch in this match? Oh, it's funny that you should mention that because I think Timo Werner is a player to watch in Burnley or against Burnley purely because of this new system. Yeah. Um, maybe he gets some confidence now that Lampard's gone. Maybe more tactically, you know, Bundesliga coach or ex-Bundesliga coach, you know, maybe has the same tactics as Nagelsmann at Leipzig. Maybe he feels a little bit more sure. comfortable. Well, I'm glad I randomly asked you. Yeah, you that was random. Much. That was cool. Uh, but moving on to the 9 a.m. Eastern game, Leicester versus Leeds. Oh, he's looking around. Is there around. an ambulance outside? Um, I see some lights, yeah. It's weird, I don't hear anything. Wee! Oh, there it is. There it is. Hey. Oh, my. Yeah, that was the ambulance, not me. It's okay. not my surprise pick, but I do think Leeds are going to draw Leicester, and it is my surprise pick. So it is, but it isn't. It right. isn't. But it is. Well, yes, but no. actually, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but actually, no. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I think that's a fun pick. Thank you. I think you're a... Idiot. Silly idiot face. Mm -hmm. And I think Lester are going to win. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. Moving on, we have West Ham versus Liverpool at 11.30 Eastern. Part of me wants to not believe in Liverpool still. But I still believe in them, and I think they win this game. I think they draw. Okay. Yeah, 1-1. One, one. Uh, but moving on to the last game on that day at 2.15 Eastern Time. 
Brighton versus Tottenham. Tottenham traveling to the South Shore. I think Spurs win this game quite handily. Really? 3-1. I would love that. I'm I'm also going to pick a Tottenham win, but I, I will say... Not as confident. Not as confident. Draw is definitely in the cards. I mean, their last three results, 2-1 Tottenham win, 2-1 Tottenham win, 3-0 Brighton win. So So. (laughs) it's very possible that yours is more likely of an outcome than mine. Sure. But Brent, that is it for match week 20, but we do have another one we need to cover. We do. Um, And that starts on Tuesday, February 2nd. February. 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 Um, So that's fun. And... Two games at 1 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. First one being Sheffield United versus West Brom. Jake, again, underrated fixture. 20th versus 19th. Yeah. Sheffield struggling. However, and I'm not going to use this as a surprise pick, I think Sheffield are going to win this game. West Brom won the last fixture, their first one in the Premier League. Sure. I think... Sheffield get revenge on it at home and win. I love that. Uh, I'm going to go for the draw. I was very close to picking a Sheffield win myself. Okay. Um, but I think they're going to they're gonna pick up some good results. Uh, just not this one. Sure. Which is, I mean, a draw for This nice. is a it's winnable a game result. for sure. For oh, sure. definitely. Uh, but you got to look at it from West Brom's eyes. Right. They, they think this is a golden opportunity to get out of the relegation zone. Right. Good, good, good W. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a draw there. Um, but moving on to the other game at 1 p.m. Wolves versus Wolves versus Arsenal. Jake, I'm gonna go for a draw in this game. Okay. Um, I know Arsenal are in scalding hot form, but I think they draw. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna back Arsenal. Okay. Against my better. It's disgusting judgment. as a Spurs fan. I know. I know. But I, I think Wolves are just too depleted. Not depleted. They're just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of disappoint me. Okay. So I've disappointed Arsenal. you before, so I get it's that. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but two games at 315. Uh, first one being Manchester United versus Southampton. Jake, I think Manchester United win this game. I really do. And I, you know I don't usually put a ton of confidence in my own team. Yeah. But I actually feel confident in this one. Okay, uh, I'm going to go for the draw. Yeah. I think uh, Southampton, Southampton feel pretty um, unlucky that they didn't get any points last time, uh, going up 2-0, I believe. Yep. Um, so they're going to come out firing, and uh, they're going to earn a draw against okay. Manchester United. Uh, that last game on Tuesday is Newcastle-Crystal Palace. Again, and I know I keep saying this, kind of a big game, 13th versus 16th, uh, with some serious table implications. I think this game ends as a draw. Okie dokie. Um, I can even see, see it being like a 2-2. Do you have a player to watch? Uh, no, maybe. Did you change it? No, but I just didn't want you to have the satisfaction of getting it twice in a row. Yes, I do. Okay. Zaha yeah. was going to be my player to watch in this game. No, I have a memory. It's no, there. I know. I just, whatever. I mean. Uh, Fred, it might make you feel better that I missed mine. Oh. Uh, my player watches Oliver Burke for Sheffield. Sheffield against West Brom. Um, Even though you think West Brom wins. No, I or I draws. Draw. Yeah. Um, so it, the thing is, it's uh, if I could be right in both accounts, sure. or you could be right and I could be right. And right. Oliver Burke fun. has a good game yeah. and hedging Sheffield. bets. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, sorry, I I totally missed your Newcastle. 
palace bet because I was like, oh, I got him. He no, totally is not going to remember his pick. The picture dropped. Oh, perfect. Um, I'm going to pick a palace win. Okay. I think Newcastle are really going to drop off. Okay. Um, moving on to Wednesday, February 3rd, uh, two games at 1 p.m. First one being Burnley, Man City. Can I get a double siren? Wee, 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 wee. Thank you. Um, double. I think Burnley draw this game against City. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I realize maybe recency bias from their big result against Liverpool. They have pulled out some bigger results as of late. They're finding their form. Sure. Um, Burnley has never beaten, or they've only beat Man City one time in the Premier League, so it's generally a Man City fixture. Right. And I think Burnley can pull out a draw in this game at home. Brent, I would put money on, and I might, because I'm a betting man. You are. Manchester City winning by at least three goals. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, with some help from VAR, like they had, sure. not only against Villa, but then I realized we're going to discuss this next week, but their game today exactly uh, against West Brom. I think they're firing on all cylinders, and I think Burnley are just going to be another casualty. All right. Uh, but at the same time, Fulham versus Leicester. I think Leicester win this game easily. Oh! I have a draw in this game. Wow! I think Fulham shown. I think you're an idiot. They got some stones, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna pull the draw. Okay. A, a well, a much needed one for the rele- relegation battle. Yeah, Jake, and I'll I'll just say it right now. These teams have played seven times in the Premier League. Yeah. Three wins for Fulham, three draws, one Leicester win. Wow! So yeah. history's on my side. History's on your side. I love that. Yeah. It must be nice, it must be nice, to have history on your side. Anyways. Are you a history major? I am. Okay. I'm also a Hamilton major. Okay. Um, moving on to the 2.30 Eastern game. Nice. Dentist. I get it. Leeds Everton. I think Everton win this game. Okay. I think, as we've seen before, Leeds have their very high-pressing, high-energy style. Yeah. After a break, like they just had a week break because of the FA Cup, they do well for their first few games after it, but then by about the third game, they fall off because the players just don't have the energy. Okay, I'm going to go with Everton win. Okay. And that's it. All so right. So I'm set. Uh, moving on to the 315 games, Aston Villa-West Ham. I think Aston Villa beat West Ham at home, Jake. And I know I was kind of an Aston Villa sure. non-believer once like, the came yeah. back. Um, but I actually think that they can beat West Ham and that they will. I also have Aston Villa here. Okay. I, I'm hot on Aston Villa. You're hot. Um, right remember, now. we're going to see if they think I'm hot as well. Right, right, right. Um, I think they win. Um, and uh, last game on Wednesday, Liverpool-Brighton. Yeah, I think Liverpool win this game. I think that this is a run of games where they can find their form again, and I think that they do as well in this game. Liverpool win. Yeah. That's it. Okay, cool. I love when you make it easy on me. <laughs> Moving on to Thursday. Only one game, but boy, is it a good one. Oh, yeah. Tottenham versus Chelsea at 3 p.m. Eastern, and that is at the new Tottenham. You're going to be able game. to watch the whole thing, right? Maybe. Yeah. That's... Um... I have a meeting at 2.30. Nice. Dentist. Dentist appointment. Uh-huh. I get it. Um, for work. Um, that's actually this Thursday, so it's interfering with the Liverpool game. For sure. But yes, it could ha- It could also be next the week after, right. so we'll see. Jake, you're going to hate to hear this. I'm going to think a Chelsea win in this game. Ooh, I think anything but that. Okay. 
Um, Spurs win. Okay. 2-0. Okay. Yep. Okay. Fine. I love get deferring. Off my, get yeah. off my back. Seriously. So that means it's going to be a draw. <laughs> yeah, obviously. It always is. But, Jay. That wraps up. I just want to say really quick. Sure. Um, before we finish the match week, we do have a fantasy thing to get into really quick. Of course. Um, we made a transfer. We brought in Zhao Cancelo. Got rid of Stuart Dallas from Leeds. Smart. Uh, so our team, McCarthy and goal, Cancelo, Bednarek, Chilwell... Bruno Fernandez, Captain Human, Son against Brighton, Ooh. Grealish, Zaha, Suchek, Kane, Bamford. And things possibly will change for the next week, but we can't get into that right now, you know. Sure. Which is a bit it's of a bummer. Tough. But I imagine the team will be generally the same, other than maybe Antonio coming back into the lineup, maybe Fabianski in goal. I was going to ask about West Ham's yeah. fixtures, but yeah. Uh, sounds good to me, Brent. All right. Um, before we move on from that completely. I will say for the first week that we covered Natrick 20, um, I have Jake's bets. Oh, which I'm now in on. Now you're in on. I'm in on them. Yeah. That's me, yeah. Um, so you, you joined last week. And you won me money. And my picks that I picked. They hit. They hit. Yeah, good for you. So in theory, I won you money. You did. Uh, moving on from that, uh, this week I have two bets because two match weeks. Oh, so please Venmo me ten dollars. <laughs> uh, we'll see. How about forty? Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have Dominic Calvert Lewin to score okay. against Newcastle, uh, parlayed with an Aston Villa win. All right. Which I believe you picked a draw, but I, I picked a win. Right. Um, but same thing happened last time, and they did win, and you picked a draw. Jake, I'm gonna feel a lot better about if I get the pick wrong if you make me money. Sure. You know? So it's you're hedging your bets, man. Exactly. Love that. And then the second week that we did, uh, Match Week 21, I have Wolves versus Arsenal over two and a half goals. That seems fair. Yep. I, I like that. Um, I might even double my bet there just because there's only one bet and I'm very confident right. about it. So I might put a tenner. Ooh, um, which means I'm also putting a tenner. Yeah, so it'd be a 20 or. Oh. Twenty-tier. I, I, I don't know what the slang is for a twenty. We can make up our own. Sure, we could. A Jaker. Who's on the twenty? Benjamin or Jackson? Franklin. I wanted to say Benjamin. I wanted to Benjamin say Jackson, Franklin. but Jackson? maybe not. To Franklin or Jackson. Franklin Jackson. Franklin Jackson. We'll call it a Franklin Jackson. That's what a twenty-year is. All right. Um. So, hopefully, that's it. Because now Brent's got stakes in it. I do. And maybe with the money that we make from you hitting, we can go buy some steaks and have a nice steak dinner. Oh my goodness, that sounds lovely. Um, I will say, I heard you shake your glass with your ice when you were done with your whiskey. When I put my glass down and it was empty, I also had a little ice little shake. shake. Um, I hope the mics picked it up. Um, So everyone knows when we finished. Sure. Um, my course is also done. Oh, mine too. So I'm glad that we got I might have finished mine before you. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. I, I often do. <laughs> I really often do. You, you are a fast drinker. Um, but, uh, wow, we, we just... What a seamless transition to giggles. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm checking my clock and it looks like <laughs> it's that time. Yeah. Brent, you're not wearing a watch. Well, it's half past a freckle. Half past a freckle. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't have freckles. That's the best no, part. No, you don't. Um, so it's more past, like, half past uh, arm hair. Sure. Half past your wrist scar. Right. From well, there's the two of them. That's so sure. that oh maybe that's not accurate. You know, so three quarters. Three quarters. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, as far as I'm aware, that's all I have for today. I think so. And what makes me really happy about being done with this one, Jake, is you didn't make me so angry. I had to crumple up my paper, throw it at you, and leave. That was frustrating. They did that last time. I still made it back for the outro. Sure, you did. So we recorded off the same mic. It was hilarious. It was oh great. my goodness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are in our pajamas, we're wearing our scarves, and... Cozy, and maybe watching some Bachelor after Maybe this. watching some Bachelor. We'll see. Um... Do you have anything else to add? I don't. Do you want to sign us off? Well, Jake, I would, but could I borrow your hat really quick? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put my hat down... You're putting your hat on... On episode 20. Oh. Out of the way. You're putting your hat on episode 20. Exactly. Okay. Great episode. And a great episode from the only Premier League podcast with a dress code, Jake. That dress code is, wait. Jammies. It's jammies. Oh. Yeah, we already covered it at the come start. Come on. I had like a dramatic thing going But on. also now including. Scarves. There you go. So maybe make sure you wear a scarf next time. Sure. Um, episode 30 coming in in 10 Ten weeks might have something else. I promised a nightcap before and not delivered on it, so maybe you promised an episode two. So no. yeah. <laughs> your I, head is way bigger. Oh than my! God. <laughs> <laughs> you look ridiculous in that. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs>